0: Now, the cleanest hour in podcasting with your host, Ralph Peterson. This is the Housekeeper's Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Housekeeper's Podcast, dare I say, the cleanest hour in podcasting. This is going to be a super fun show with my friend, Jerry Bauer. I like your last name, Bauer. Bauer. Mm-hmm. Jerry Bauer. Hey, Jerry. Thank you so much for coming on the show and welcome. Thank you. It's my
1: pleasure to be here. Let me ask you a question because you are in New York. Did you get
0: hammered with the rain?
1: We didn't get it that bad. I mean, we stayed up late into the night to see if the tornadoes came by. Um, uh, I lived in central Illinois for a while where tornadoes, as well as St. Louis, Missouri, I lived at. Tornadoes, I was used to them, but last night, on Long Island, um, my wife is not used to them, so we stayed up and watched the Weather Channel till we felt safe enough to go to sleep.
0: Yeah, good times. It was, a, it was
1: a wild night. You
0: know, I slept like a baby through it. My wife was all night. Just we were. You know, what's funny is, you know how you have memory. You know, you don't think remember everything all at once, but then there's something. Some event will trigger a memory. And we were sitting on the couch last night, and the wind is just whipping, and it's crazy, and it's raining super hard. And I said to my wife, I said, you know, this reminds me of, and I remember, I think it was maybe Hurricane Andrew was the first hurricane that I actually went through when I was in the Marine Corps. And we were based at Camp Lejeune. And I said, I remember one of the funniest things I ever see was a couple of Marines run out at the height of the storm. By the way, I should preface this. When you're in the Marine Corps and there's a hurricane coming And you're going to be locked down. What you do is you gather all your friends and you all throw in every bit of money you have and you buy as much beer and pizza as possible. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You have some staging rooms and then you just hunker down and play cards until it goes over. So that's the, just to put the preface there, that's the mentality. Right. Right. And so I said to my wife, I said, so we're all just sitting there playing spades. And then, you know, you hear hooting and hollering outside. We all look outside and there's two Marines and they have nothing on except for a, for a Kevlar jacket and a hard hat. And they are running It's through the streaking through the courtyard, you know, in 80-mile-an-hour winds. Good times. Uh, Hurricane Andrew, never be forgotten.
1: There it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Those memories you never
0: forget. I know. And, you know, every time I come up with a memory like that, she's like, why are you telling me this? I'm like, I don't know. It's a fun memory I just had. I just wanted to share it. As the wind's howling. I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, there was this time. I remember that. I remember that. Uh, crazy kids. <laughs> so how you doing? It's so nice to meet you. We've been chatting for a while. I've been correct. Excited about getting you on and talk about your career and what you're currently you're with chem station. Correct. And what is chem station? Do they just do janitorial supplies?
1: No, they actually do more of the industrial chemicals for the industrial market. I know two days ago you had on a gentleman who talked to you about food processing. Mm-hmm. He said you were very fascinated with that when he was talking about spam and, and um, the different cleaning of the equipment. I come out of that marketplace.
0: Ah, uh, Jonathan Lane. Jonathan Lane. He worked, right. down, he worked at Tyson. Yeah, I'm Correct. super into- I so bad want to take a tour of just how they clean. <laughs>
1: I'm right. so interested. Now, currently, I sell a lot to the brewery industry. I cover, mm-hmm. and I just learned this week that you lived in Burlington for a while. So and I cover, gone, yeah. I cover from Burlington all the way over through Maine going through wow. New Hampshire and northern mass and stuff like that. So Sure. I um you know Vermont is the home of the microbrew correct. which
0: which for you simply means there's a lot of customers because there's a correct. lot of people making their
1: own beer. Correct. correct. So there's it's a big marketplace up there. Mm. I love the travels up there. The scenery is, is unbelievable. Uh, yeah, million percent. I worked. I'm originally not. I know you go back and well. Well,
0: well let's do we'll, it. Let's do it. Let's just go back to the beginning. So you're in New York now, but where did you grow up?
1: Oh yeah, we got to go back a while back. So I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. What they call the suburbs, out in the West County area, a small mun- municipality called the Pears. I I started this whole thing probably at the age of 15. Before that, of course, I, I cut grasses for different neighbors and did a little landscaping. Were you stuff. always working? Like, what? Like, did I've you always, always have like a little side job? I've, I've always worked. That's I. I just come from that mentality. What did your parents do? What we were, were your parents? Blue, blue collar, just mm-hmm. straight blue collar. My father worked for the AT and T. Then AT and T split up. He was Southwestern Bell. It was a lineman, climbed the poles, spliced wow. the cables. Actually, good. good work. You know, years ago, you know, think about it. Years ago, telephone, they put the phones in people's homes. You know, today you don't get someone to put, well, we don't need phones in our home, but he would go in and um, put phones in people's homes, businesses, and things like that. Wow. My My mother did some work at a hardware store as well as an office, kind of like secretary. Also, she worked back in the printing press area a little bit as well. So, I was born and raised, you know, with that blue collar go out and work. My parents never told me to; it was just inherent to me. So, Would you, I, let me
0: ask you this: let me ask you just, it, just because I, I know that some, I know some people who are also linemen. They, they currently are linemen. They're currently working for a. Actually, they work for our city because the city has their own power company, so they're doing their own thing. But. But he's always taking side jobs. You know, you can't find him on a weekend. He's always right. doing something for somebody electrical related. Was that your dad?
1: No, not so much because it was more, well, with telephone, he was more into the telephone work. Ah, my it. dad did have the opportunity, which is also in the utility industry today. And it's huge is the overtime is unbelievable. You know, if he needed something, he wanted something, he'd just go tell the boss, I need so many hours of overtime. They pay you time and a half. If you meet a certain threshold, they pay you double time. Oh, my. You and I, we don't have that. We, I mean, we got to go out and find a new job. We got to go out and find a new customer where he would just go to the boss if he was needed, wanted to purchase something. And those are the things that you talked about. He, I mean, he would talk to my mother about it at the kitchen table. Yeah, I think we want to go buy this. I'll go tell the boss I want some more extra hours. You know, it's the way it was. It was just. That's why I was raised. And, um, I just started early at age, you know, at that time, you weren't supposed to work till you were 16. I went to applied at a donut shop. That was my first job. At that time, minimum wage was $1.60 an hour.
0: Here we go. I they like it. They
1: paid me. You're going to love this. I've watched your show. They paid me $1 an hour. All right. For four hours a night, six nights a week. So that's 24 hours. Twenty four dollars. And I thought, wait, I didn't tell you the best part. Here's the best part. And all the donuts I could take home.
0: Is this place still hiring? Because I'm in.
1: (laughs) If you look back, my parents have have passed away many years ago, but you kind of things have changed in the world. I work from seven till eleven. I used to walk home in the dark about a half mile with the donuts, you know, come in. My parents were asleep they'd yell, is that you? Yes. Did you bring donuts for Martin? Yes. (laughs) And then go to bed. You're not going to find a parent who's going to allow a child to go to work at age 15 and walk home at 11 o'clock. You know, that's, that's crazy. I love it. It was, the cleaning of that was fairly easy, even though it was a bakery, because it's mainly icings and stuff like that, which is butter. Half that comes off with good hot water. So I did that for almost six, five or six months. And believe it or not, they called me and they terminated me over the phone because they, were, they just couldn't afford me. Now, months later, they went out of business, but it's crazy. I literally then was still, I was just about a month away from 16. So now what do I do? So I walked up the street. From where I was working, started going and seeing restaurants. Started at a restaurant. This time, at least they had to pay me minimum wage. Of course, <laughs> take took taxes out as well. Started out as a dishwasher. Didn't, you know, I can't tell you I fell in love with the job, even though for many years I sold dish machine chemicals and have been around dish machines my whole life. My father asked me, I'll never forget, when I got home, he said, well, how do you like this job versus the donut shop? And I said, I don't know if it's for me. Turns out, in reality, I stayed there 10 years and eventually became the manager of the place. Wait, wait, wait. You stayed at that restaurant for 10 years? Yes, yes. And literally became manager. Now, during that time, I expanded my education. I joined a local community college and I wanted to become a chef. I wanted to not just be a restaurant manager. I wanted to be have as much education as I could. So at age 21 they they were allowed since I then could serve liquor they put me in their management program became a manager trainee by the age 25 the what restaurant was it,
0: what was what was their training program like <laughs> <laughs> Come on what was it
1: You know what the training program is
0: I'm so hoping, I'm so hoping it is a structured outside instruction, people coming in, hands up. No, it's just they threw you in. You're in charge. Here are the keys. (laughs) Darn it. Wait, wait, I don't have. Here's a set of keys.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Nothing's (laughs) changed. How I became, you know, I probably still, first of all, I was the world's worst dishwasher. And you would think that selling chemicals, I would sit here and brag to you I was the best. and I knew all about it. I was They should have fired me on a nightly basis. <laughs> I broke more dishes than I was worth. So then how do you do it? You got to get out. So the only way to get out of being a dishwasher, I went over and talked to the cooks. And now they have a lot of cleaning at the end of the night. You even spoke about it the other day on your show about cleaning up a restaurant at the end of the night. What do you do? Go over to the cooks and say, can I clean your area for you? If one day you'll go to the management and have me move over. Well, what do you think they said? Come on. (laughs) Come on. So started as a dishwasher, became a cook, just knew it was a limited menu type restaurant, steaks and fried chicken, stuff like that. You're not going to learn to cook because it's a set menu. Went out and studied to be a chef. Worked at different country clubs, but still stayed at this main restaurant. Age 21, became a manager trainee. Did the different things. As you, well, the first thing to do is I went and learned how to bartend and learned bookkeeping. And you know, manager trainee, you're the last person on the totem pole. You know what that means. It doesn't matter where you work. It's the odd job. Make the new guy do it because he's a manager now. You gotta learn it all
0: anyway. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you gotta learn it anyway. Then you start and then you're on you're on salary then too. That's the best
0: part. I was gonna say (laughs) not not to cut you off, but I was gonna say when you were talking about overtime, I have I'm gonna say it emphatically and because I think it's true. I'll have to really think about it, but I don't think I've ever earned overtime. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) I don't think I've I don't think I've ever been given the opportunity. I've always been salaried. Correct. And when I was in salary, it was, there was no overtime. You know, it was like, we're simply not paying you more. So get out of here. Oh, right. And when I, you know, as soon as you, like you're saying, as soon as you even whisper yes, yeah, sure. I'll take a, what a low, man- the lowest management position. Yeah. Right. Okay. Salary. Boom. You're working 80 hours a week now. Wait a minute.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I was 24 years old. I left, well, I was at 24 years old and the owner of the restaurant, Decides he wants to expand. He bought the grocery store next door, built it larger. Now this is so crazy. He put in a discotheque. He then put in a five hundred. It would seat five hundred seating capacity for a banquet room. And then what, what year had, is this? What year? He then this? put in a kosher kitchen the well. So what at, year was this? This would have been nineteen seventy six. So was he was he thinking bar mitzvahs, weddings, yeah. like that? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Because there was there was only one other place in St. Louis. Okay. So at that time, I was running a restaurant with a discotheque, with a banquet facility. I had to learn kosher. I had to learn it all. Well, I was married at that time, and we were expecting our first child and moved into a house. I think we did. I was working all the time. And I would come home in the afternoon and cut the grass and go back to work. And my wife at the time was, you know, getting... Larger and more expecting, and the neighbor came over one day and said, "You know, congratulations on the baby, congratulations on the home. Do you mind introducing your boyfriend to us?" What? She's a boyfriend comes and goes, comes and goes every once in a while. She goes, "That's <laughs> that's my husband." <laughs> <laughs> I literally worked a whole year without one day off. Well, I was destined to fail. Then I failed. So yeah. I, I couldn't go any further. Mm-hmm. At that time, a um, it was Economics Lab at that time, which is now Ecolab. You know that name very well. I'm of sure. course. Yeah, yeah. My rep came and asked me, he said, You got to get out of this rush. It's killing you. Why don't you come work for us? And I said, I just said, What for? You know, I mean, I don't understand chemicals. I don't. Know. He explained the different reasons why I should work for them. I was good with people, blah, blah, blah. I didn't find out until later. He got a bonus if he brought somebody in. <laughs> yeah. I don't know to this day if he ever thought I was qualified or not.
0: <laughs> Those sign-on bonuses, they'll get you motivated. So, they'll so get you motivated. Who,
1: who knows? At age twenty-five, I started for Ecolab. Later became Economics Lab. Worked for them for 15 years. At that time it was specializing in the wash, the dish machine, the hospitality, the kitchens. In laundry as well, so they haven't expanded much because
0: that's all they do now, right? I
1: mean, what else do they? Well, they, Lab do now. They do. Well, they do some in housekeeping and they do some in floor care. Oh, that's very, true. That's true. Okay. Very very okay. little. But back in the seven, now we're in the eighties and nineties. They did technically none. Mm-hmm. Back in the seventies, when I started, eighties, they weren't even. In very much into laundries and stuff like that or housekeeping. So I went to work for them for 15 years. Then I was approached and worked for a local manufacturer in St. Louis called Gateway ProClean. Now, at that time, I was losing very successful, doing very good, but I was losing business on the back end because I wasn't offering a floor. Our company wasn't offering a floor care program and they weren't offering a housekeeping program. What were, they, what were they doing? Just the they laundry. Were just doing, they were just doing laundries and kitchens. But the problem is, and you've got the you know about the nursing homes. If you don't support the whole nursing home, if you can't take care of the lawn, uh, the floor care, you can't take care of the jan The janitorial company will take it, and then they're going to take you out the back door. Mm-hmm. So to protect my interest, protect our interest, went to the owners and you know whatever, but we decided to start a housekeeping and floor care program and to go after more nursing homes. So did that for 15 years.
0: You know, it's funny, not funny, but poignant about what you're saying and the point that you're making is, here, my, I, let me put it, my best example about this is Crest Toothpaste. I absolutely love Crest Toothpaste marketing. Do you know how many Crest Toothpaste kinds there are? No. Neither do I. I think I think it's like thirty-two. Really? I think it's like thirty-two. And when you read this history of crest and what they did, they what they what happened was they were cre- they created like a generic all-purpose toothpaste. And then they were getting feedback from customers saying, you know, we wish you had tartar control, or we wish you had whitening, or we wish you had it in different flavors, right? If right. you had like whatever the the thing. And so For a while, there was one person on one side of Crest who was saying, We're not gonna that's not our business. We're not gonna get into all these multiple different kinds of toothpaste. We're just gonna do this one kind of toothpaste and just be really good and consistent about it. But then there was somebody else who spoke up and said, Why give that opportunity to another toothpaste company? Correct. Why not just cannibalize our own current product and then we gain all the market? And so the next time you go to a supermarket or a grocery store. You look at all the brands of toothpaste and you'll see one thing that's very evident. Crest is king. Correct. They have every different flavor, color, modification of toothpaste. And then everybody else, it's got one or two, three or four different kinds, but very, very limited. And the reason I even say that story and, and make the correlation with what you were just talking about is because the idea of expanding your services, it's the business is about getting your customer. And then it's about expanding your relationship with your customer. Correct. Don't just do one thing, do as many things as possible, right? Like just keep expanding. I was just talking to Christy Berry, she, her and her husband, they started cleaning and then he was like, you know what? I can fix that Bannister. Oh, I can fix that handrail. I, you know, what? and before you know it, now they're doing construction and right. Like they've just expanded their business Correct. and just kind of like to your point, if you see anything that you that's even remotely close to your industry or something you could take
1: care of for your customer, do it. Especially, they're willing to pay for it. I nope. mean, they're, <laughs> they're not asking for for free. You know, they're willing to pay for it. They're paying somebody else for it. A million percent. It was, you know, in the nursing home is a perfect example. If you're already in property on property. You're already, your truck's already going there. You're serv- you're already servicing it. You have the relationship from the administrator, you know, dietary, go into floor care. Now you know a thousand times more about floor care than I do because it's I my know- favorite
0: subject in the entire universe. Well, it should be. <laughs> I absolutely love it.
1: The, the first thing you do is you sell the concept of floor care by the front foyer. That's right. You sell it at the front door. A million percent. It, you know, and it doesn't, you know, I know you and I have both seen all the pictures on LinkedIn. We've seen all the different things of this stuff looks just like amazing better a painting, better than glass, shinier than glass. But you have to come up with a program, a process of keeping it that way. I don't claim any wax, any stripper I had ever sold in my life was better than the next person. Because the technology changes. I know that. I'm not a chemist. You got to get down, get dirty, get the job done, and show them how to take from the front to the back. And it takes time. However, if you get it, and when you do, you keep a happy customer.
0: It is it is that daily floor maintenance that everybody doesn't think is important. Correct. Everybody puts everything above floor care when they're, especially when they're short staffed or they have an emergency, right. they're like, oh, let's pull the floor person. And then in two, three days, two, three weeks, two, three months, they're like, boy, this
1: place really was gone to heck. <laughs> I'm well, kidding. Again, I don't, here's what I have, have seen. And you and I spoke before we went on the air is, you know, I know you represent cleaning companies outside. Floor. I would go in there to do floor care line it up with the, let's say, line it up with the administrator. I want to do this wing. I want to, and you, you said it excellent the other day you have in a nursing home. You're so limited of what you can do a demo on because every place is being used. (laughs) So you might be able to get a dining room. You might be able to get a rec room. You can always get the foyer in the middle of the night. Nobody Mm -hmm. likes doing middle of the night demos. Mm -hmm. So you get the administrator involved, you do the demo and, what does the administrator, you know, I'm not doing it. I'm there to supervise because I've been there. I've been burned. I've done the work. I could go over an hour on my stories. They were all failures. About <laughs> <laughs> the first, let me just share one story. The first demo I did, I had gotten trained by a, a seasoned veteran. He had trained me on the different things. He said, just show up, do this, you know. I went what were you, step- what
0: were you demoing? We're going to do a stripping and wet- refinishing. Is that? Yes, yes. Yeah. All
1: right. All right. That's a good demo. Late at night. We're going to do half of a hallway. It's a big yeah. demo. Yeah. They showed up with the maintenance guy and six workers. And I was supposed to run it. Well, next thing you know, the maintenance guy, he left. It's midnight. He, he just left. He went out to his car and he fell asleep. And then he woke up. What well, we found out later. And went home. They didn't have the keys to where they stored the black pads. They didn't have the keys to anything. So I'm sitting there with six guys who are totally mad, but and they're looking at me like, "Dude, I was here yesterday. You have the stuff here, but we don't have the keys." It was a nightmare. It was. I look up. We're stripping. Of course, we tried to do a small area. I look up, and there's literally a resident walking down the hallway in the. St- <laughs> I wish you could say and, that. I wish I could say this like a, the it, perfect story like the it, nightmare, but it's it, an everyday occurrence. And, and they walking through the solution. It's a 90 year old woman, not a stitch of clothes on. <laughs> I said, this is my life. Well, I'm going to end the story on there. I could go on a lot more, but I left. I left. And, you know, again, on a Friday night, and I'm going to send this link when we're done. I'm going to send it to the administrator. She she works at a different nursing home. She called me at home the next day and called me on my cell phone and said, what the hell (laughs) happened? Well, the problem is, is going back to what you and I were talking about, a nursing home cannot do this work with their existing staff. It's they a do, challenge. It certainly they do, is. They do it with the maintenance, man. Then what happens the next day when the refrigerator breaks down? They have to hire an outside company to mm-hmm. come in. Do it correct the first time. I mean, mm-hmm. I really, I know outside companies will assist. I know outside companies will do it. A chemical guy can only do so much. I can't change the the dynamics of the the employee situation. I've
0: seen it a few times. I haven't seen it a lot, to be honest. I certainly have run into a few, I mean, dozens by few, dozens of of housekeeping managers who are cleaning nursing homes that do a good job and, right. and they're not supported. They're not supported by anybody, but it's really based on their ability. What a commercial cleaning company does is it helps give you that ability because one of the big things I would say is everybody that I know that does it really well, has a history or a background working for somebody who does it professionally. Right. So that's how they, how are they so knowledgeable and able because they learn by a commercial cleaning company. But you're right, Jerry. I mean, especially it's 2021, if you're not at least looking at a commercial cleaning company, I mean, you're, you may be, you may be missing out on a real opportunity to not, I'm not here to save money. I'm never here to save money. I don't save on people money, I don't save businesses money. I help them make money. So there's a little difference for me, but there is a difference in price between having a commercial contractor doing it and you doing it yourself. And generally speaking, commercial contractors can do it a lot more affordably than you can just because of their expertise and their systems. It's just the way it is. But aside from that, they have the ability to make sure you're doing what you should be doing Regarding disinfectants, regarding scheduling, regarding your processes and staying in compliance and OSHA regulations and CDC regulations and Department of Health. Right. There's so much. And, you know, you think about these poor administrators got 10, 12, 14 departments they're running while right. trying to keep a full census and not get in trouble and staff the building. I mean, it, it can be, it can be a real challenge.
1: Correct. It totally is. So, you know, wanted to share what. How I fit in with the chemicals, a big part of my business was the nursing home industry. And then the company that I worked for, it was called Gateway Pro Clean. So I'd been with Eco App for 15, been with Gateway Pro Clean for 15. Next thing, Gateway Pro Clean sold the company. So was kind of caught by surprise. Nothing ever changes in life. You got to go out and keep, you got to pivot. At that time, I was in my late 50s, and knowing you just can't go out and get another job at, at that age, I would come had an opportunity to relocate to New York. Not so much because of the job, uh, because of my wife's family is from New York, here on Long Island. She had aging parents. Aging parents were both needing some assistance, and I have a sister-in-law here, and you know, I would come home t- during this transition. You know how when comp- one company buys another, there's that lay, six month lay period, four month lay period where <laughs> I knew I had to do something because it had to happen. So I technically moved to New York, restarted a career, got hired and then tried to work in Manhattan. Manhattan is a jungle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's certainly a challenge. That is for sure.
1: Just just to get there and get out.
0: Yeah. I
1: mean, two hours in, possibly two hours out, possibly three hours parking, the whole thing. Getting down there, I was really a fish out of water. I didn't bring my network with me. I didn't know my friends. I didn't know, really struggled during that time, a gentleman out of um, New England, because of a different reason, had heard of me, had met me, kept contacting me saying, do you want to pivot and try some industrial chemicals, do something a little different? You can use your hospitality in the brewery, stuff like that. you have to travel some. So I made the switch. I was, you know, came home, asked my wife, do you want me to travel a couple of days? But do you want me to leave at four o'clock in the morning and come home at eight o'clock? And I, you know, well, we got to give it a try. So I, I did that. Been in the new. I mean, I'm I'm sitting on Long Island now, but been working New England, uh, a lot of food processing, dairies, meat facilities. How um, long you been doing
0: it now? How long you been doing it? Uh, now? About four years. So you're vested. You're doing well then. Yes. Nice. That's yes. really great. I and are you? Are you? I apologize. Are you uh, both servicing? And providing or selling, or is it just one or the other?
1: I primarily, I prim- primarily sell. Okay. You carry a full range of the tools, the equipment, and stuff like that. We do have a service department. Got it. Problem is, is you're in a geographic region. I mean, if I, you and I spoke, if I'm in Burlington and I need uh, something repaired and the service guys in Boston. It'd be foolish for me to say, can you drive out here? Yeah, of course. You know, because most of these things are not complicated to repair if you have the proper parts and stuff like that. So it's isn't primarily
0: that, Isn't that kind the, of how I apologize. Isn't that kind of how Ecolab does it? Right? Like not. your your Ecolab techs are both selling and repairing and, right. and checking and you know, ordering on the right. spot and Right. So it's kind of in your wheelhouse right. anyway.
1: Yes, it is. Totally. Yeah. because And they have the same thing. If the job takes more than, let's say, a half hour, an hour, if the person's so far away, the concept of the company that I work for, and it's a franchise out of Boston, and there are 60 franchises going wow. next to However, the franchise and the ownership that I work for, and what we really do, and it's something I've carried with me. And um, I brought it with me from the last company I worked for. You have to teach and you have to live by a team approach. 100% total. Everyone knows everyone what they're doing. If one person, I think it might come back from the restaurant industry. One person slacks off or because they, they're busy, someone fills in right behind it. I'm sure you've been at a, at a restaurant and the waitress who brings you your food is not the waitress she placed the order. Of course. Of however, however you look across, you know, the, across the dining room, and your waitress is, is taking an order. So at least they're getting you hot food as soon as they can. Mm-hmm. It's teamwork. Mm-hmm. I don't care what business you're in. Teamwork has to work and everybody has to be, have to participate. And I love that at where I work now. It really helps out a lot.
0: Yeah, that's really, I appreciate everything you said about that, especially about the teaching and the aspect of teaching others so that they can independently go and and support you. You know, what's funny about that is I learned it's in retrospect, of course, it always happens in retrospect, but I learned so much in the Marine Corps regarding leadership and how to be not only a good team leader, but how to be a good team member. And that is an important skill that not a lot of people know how to be a good employee. They don't know how to be a good coworker. Correct. And so they step on each other's toes and then they get mad. You know, I mean, it, it, it can be really challenging. But one of the big highlights that I had when I was first going into the Marine Corps was this concept. One of the first things they taught us really was this concept of in the Marine Corps, of course, you're always playing life and death scenarios. And so the concept of what if only one of you has the information? To get us to the objective, you only have two choices. Your one choice is you could all sacrifice yourselves so that this one person doesn't have to be in the fight. Because if you get injured and they're the only ones with the information, you, you lose all the information. Or two, they can tell you the information, right? Those, are, <laughs> or three, of course, you don't get the information and you just go out there blind, which is never a good idea, right? But I remember that being a big aha for me. I mean, I, I was a young kid, but young guy it was still you know like oh yeah all right that's the reason why we need to be teaching each other all the jobs all the mission knowing what we're working towards so if something happens they can grab the food off the off the warming plate and bring it down to the customer who if you didn't is going to have a bad experience
1: most definitely and it affects every i mean it affects everybody because the customer comes back it helps the whole the whole dynamics of you know, whatever business it is. I love Mm -hmm. teamwork. Teamwork is a real passion to teach it and to work with it. Yeah. There's nothing more exciting when someone's covered your back. Agreed. Agreed. Now I got to tell you that
0: years ago, I was lucky enough to tour the Westminster Cracker Factory. And I went on this tour. It's in Rutland, Vermont, actually.
1: I know where it's at. Do you service them? Uh, It's a prospect of mine. (laughs) Oh, good. Good for you.
0: Good for you. So it's, it's super fantastic. And I had the, I went there with the International Executive Housekeeping Association. So IEHA, I think one of the vice presidents or the president at the time had a friend who was the chef at the Westminster Cracker Company. And so they let us go in on a tour. And of course, we work in the cleaning industry, so our tour consisted of we're just curious how they clean everything, right? Like, how do you clean the hoppers? How do you? Right. And so, with that in mind, I'm so curious to find out, like, what what have you learned? What have been like some of your big, like, oh, I didn't know they cleaned whatever, like that.
1: the The biggest thing that I the first thing I had to learn was the word CIP. It's called clean in place, and clean in place is nothing more than a fancy dispenser that takes it from piece of equipment to piece of equipment. You know, you and I are used to pushing a button, water comes out, goes to a mop bucket, goes to a floor scrubber or something like that. But cleaning in place is something that is sometimes wired into a sensor, wired into the piece of equipment, or the piece of equipment. I mean, yeah, the dish machines do that, but a piece of equipment that's cleaning, for example, I do a lot of breweries, and the breweries are nothing more than a stainless steel tank. But some people have, and what they do is they put some water. It sounds technical, but it's not. If it was, it'd be hard for me. But they put some water. We put some chemicals in there. Then they turn on a button, and that's technically it has an inside nozzles and and it's washing the inside of the tank. When you deal with a CIP, it's done off into another room where they push a button, and it's it's bringing the chemicals, bringing the water, and bringing everything so that people aren't touching it. It's very big.
0: So it's like an automatic dishwasher.
1: Correct. Correct. It's an automatic dishwasher for a big piece of equipment. And when you get into dairies, it has that. When you get into large breweries, large food processing, the next thing that I didn't realize was, and, you know, you spoke about it the other day. He was talking about the front, the, the pressure wash. Of but we do a lot. All the food process, processing companies do a lot of foaming. They're spraying a foam on everything, even the walls and the piece of equipment. You'd asked the question the other day, very excellent question on your part. I thought they clean it during the shift. No, they don't. But they run the shift only so many hours, and he was not wrong. I'm going to add something to what he said the other day. He's much smarter than I. He'd said that they closed up from eight to twelve and started a new shift. There are many places that go eight to ten hours of cleaning. They'll close the whole night. Oh wow! They don't start till early the next morning. Ah. Again, every place is different. Every place is different. It's a yeah, squ- it's the square footage. It's the um, it's what they're doing. It's just fascinating. It's it's totally fascinating. The chemistry it's all the same. There's no really you're dealing with an acid. You're dealing with an alkali. You're dealing with pH. It's the same as anything. A nursing home. You put chemicals on. What's the next step? You got to take the chemicals. <laughs> you got to take the chemicals off you might have to check the pH. Did you rinse it properly? And then you have to, of course, you have to sanitize it. So it's all basically the same. It's just in larger, it's in larger buckets.
0: I'm one of those people who gets, I was going to say suckered, but maybe not suckered is the right word, but I, I'm i one of those <laughs> I just ordered a foam sprayer because I saw a video of how Easy I and saw, clean. I saw you post it. Oh, you saw my I was like, I'm gonna make it I ordered it and uh so I mean I've I've ordered the pink stuff, I've ordered the you know, you name the product. I'm <laughs> I so should have, be you, have, you received it yet? <laughs>
1: have you received it yet?
0: No, not yet, not yet. I just think I just ordered it yesterday, the day before. But uh when I get it, I will post a video. Very interesting
1: video. I saw that. Yeah. In that video is the same thing because now what I have to deal with is our business chem station we are selling your refill in many cases especially all these food processes processors excuse me we're not selling in 55 gallon drums anymore because there's a lot of waste in that you have to get rid of the barrels the cost of shipping we're selling in a refillable tank program mm. refillable tank program is we're coming with a truck and literally with a hose filling up their tank their tank I like that their tank could be anywhere from 100 way 500 if not even a thousand gallons of chemicals i like you, that a lot you, i mean you can realize the money that you can save the recycling of mm-hmm. the plastic or metal drums are just astonishing mm-hmm. so that's how we go to market i you like know, that with, a lot with that and with food processing, since, you know, we're talking about that, everybody, all food processors seem to like a different type of foam. It's kind of like, oh, I love the, the expression in, you um, know, floor care. You talk floor care. What's the first question? I mean, what's the percentage of solids? Sometimes you ask them, what did, and even though I know the answer, I might know the answer. I'll ask them, what does that mean? Just to see, if, just to see if they know what the answer is. You know, fifty percent of the time they don't know.
0: But it's please, a fair question. It's a fair question. Kind of solid percentage we have here.
1: In food processing, you're putting a. As you saw on your little video, you bought that piece of equipment. You're putting foam on it. Some people like the foam to be as thick as shaving cream. Some people like it to slowly run off. So you have to match that up to what the customer wants. Oh, Something so you can adjust. We adjust it in the formula. What we, we are literally making the chemical for the customer the day before when it goes on the truck.
0: You know, I um, um, that's so super impressive to me. And I remember I had this instance where you know when I when I first started to sell housekeeping services to nursing homes. You go in there and you, I like, I know exactly how to clean every building in the entire universe. I've been doing this long enough and I'm just going to go and I'm going to show you what you have to do. And what it, it took me a long time to learn to ask this very important question. And that is when somebody I would say, how often is this conference room cleaned? And they would say, you know, I think twice a week. And then I, my original response would be like, well, we should be doing that every day. We can get in here twice a day. It'd be no problem. Don't worry about That's not the answer. The answer is, oh, that shouldn't be my answer. My It should be my, it should be a question. It should be, I learned this. It t- took me a long time. to learn this to say, they'd go twice a week. We clean this. And then I'd say, is that enough? It, they say yes. Then the, the answer is yes. Like, it's not up to me. Right. It's up to them. I love Correct. that you can adjust the thickness.
1: It's Correct. so great, well, great. So, so you know, you've bought chemicals where people have it shelves and shelves and acres and acres of of uh, inventory. We're literally making the product through a computer program, th- through different systems, putting it onto a onto a truck. We can that holds up to eight tanks, so we eight different chemicals. We can only deliver up to eight different chemicals. So you try to match things up geographically and stuff like that. Sure. But um, in other words, I mean, let's be honest. In other words, if you're in down the road, or you're you're actually had a customer once called down the road. If you're in a geographic area and someone's buying a foaming cleaner, you're going to sell a customer up the street you're really going to try to get them to buy the same cleaner because why bring out two different types of drums? Or
0: well, let me, let me ask you this. Let me play the devil's advocate here, young no, man. No problem. Which one's better? Is there a better version, a thick, a thin, or is it really doesn't matter oh, it's, if it's totally really about preference?
1: It's totally
0: up to the customer. No, I know it's up to the customer, but what's better? Well. There's well, no difference in cleaning ability. Can we agree on that? We can agree on that. It's the difference of clean-up ability.
1: Let me back up. Okay, here my we go. Might, my boss might be watching this. <laughs> he better be. <laughs> the cleaning ingredients are the same, let's say. if, And we can adjust that, too, because some people want chlorine in it. Some people want a lot of chlorine. But we're not going to go there. Let's just talk about – we're just talking about foam. And yeah. Foam. Yeah. The foam that stays there a long time is in contact with the soil for a longer period of time. So yes, it's cleaning better. However, what about the foam? Now look at this. The foam that slowly goes down. Takes it with it. That's cleaning a different way too, because now you have friction. And. Then and- the one that-
0: you know, I'm sure you know this, Jerry, but disinfectants don't have any penetration ability. Correct. Meaning, if you put foam on or any chemical on blood, let's say the blood is an eighth of an inch thick, right? It only is going to essentially kill anything surface level of that blood. It won't penetrate. Right. And so having the foam on there doesn't really do anything. It doesn't penetrate. The but
1: disinfectant I, doesn't penetrate. Right. But I'm only putting mice, the chemicals I'm talking about in food processing. Yeah, you're going, not talking you know, about
0: cleaning up blood. Yeah. I appreciate it. No.
1: <laughs> I'm in healthcare. But then, but then you have to worry about rinsing because you get it on. There's, we had, I mean, we had one. He he wanted, he wanted to stay. He foamed his piece of equipment. Then he went on break. But then he'd come back a half hour later. And, and now it's foamed. hard then, as a rock. And, Then he comes, I can't get it off. It leaves streaks. Well, I didn't tell you to go on break.
0: (laughs) Timing is everything.
1: That's when I go on break. Yeah. So again, we have to match what the customer Mm -hmm. wants. We custom formulate for the customer. Mm -hmm. It's extremely big. I mean, you know, go back to my Ecolab days. We have pot and pan. Do you want pink or do you want blue? No.
0: Those are the only and, two
1: we have. And, and the person who wanted blue usually used Dawn at home or Palmolive or something like that. So, yeah, <laughs> um, that's that's the industry I'm in. We do custom formulations. We are the manufacturer, and it's a very large business. The cleaning, you and I are do, We're not going to be out of a job. Everybody needs cleaning.
0: Everybody yeah. Well, cleaning. you know, it's a lot of people in the cleaning business. Lost their job last year. Correct. You know there was a lot of people who, you know, because of so many industries closed down. Right, and that does happen. And that would be my push to say that's why you should work in healthcare. Because I'll tell you what didn't shut down healthcare. Correct. Every nursing home I worked in, every hospital I worked in, they're still open. <laughs> they're still, still open. busier than ever. Busier than ever. There's no shortage in an ED. I'll tell you that. <laughs> right. right. Man, oh man. Hey, let me ask you a question, please. It is, and maybe you know the answer, I have been saying something that a lot of people raise an eyebrow at me, and I'm hoping to get your you to say, Ralph is right. I would like you to say, let me preface this, but the outcome I'm after is for you to say Ralph is right. We were talking about disinfecting laundry in any type of environment, hospital, nursing home, whatever. I would argue that... The water temperature does a really great job on cleaning clothes, especially if you have a a laundry detergent that requires or is activated by hot water. It's great, but that's not how you kill germs. How you kill germs in laundry is by raising the pH level because nothing can live in a pH level, which is why we have to raise the pH and then take it back down. Otherwise, it wouldn't be if you don't reduce the pH level coming out of the washing machine is going to be a challenge for those taking it out. Is Ralph right? Did I just say here's my name in the third person? I shouldn't have done that.
1: Am I right? PH is, is very important, as well as there's three things. All right, go ahead. Okay. PH is extremely important, of course. Of course, the people, if it's white, they're using bleach.
0: Right, but let's, for argument's sake, we're not using bleach. because
1: And, I, and, I, and I figured that, but yeah. I was doing. I was saying that for the audience. All right. Bleach, so bleach. bleach is the most misused product in America. Well, I gotta so. tell
0: you though. By the way, the CDC the entire time from 2019 until this moment, they have not changed their stance on the most effective product to clean and disinfect healthcare. Most is bleach and water. Most definitely. They they've never changed it.
1: They have a 60 know. second kill time. I know. Yeah. So pH is very important as well as bleach. Also, what I will I will tell you, and people forget this, the dryer, the dryer's killing things. It's a good Whatever. call. That's a good call. I will call. tell you, and I will get pushed back. I will, I'm agreeing with you. Now I will get the dirty emails after this. <laughs> I will tell you, there is so much, I'll use the word hocus pocus, And some of the things people are selling for commercial laundries in nursing homes that I flatly do not agree with. I think they're just trying to sell something. Yeah, I agree. Some complaint, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, come on now. And I had commercial laundries, commercial laundries actually in New York, which commercial laundries in New York are, and you know this, they're huge. We didn't have those in the Midwest. They're huge here because people don't under, re- I didn't realize people don't have space to put laundries in the real estate that they have. So, you know, the laundry machine looked like a submarine. They're so large. it goes It's so big.
0: Yeah. thousand big. pounds at a time. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's, it's unbelievable. So mm-hmm. pH is very important, especially in those type of applications in a tunnel machine. Mm-hmm. But some of the stuff, I see the ads going, you got to put this in the final round. Come
0: on. Yeah, I know. The only thing that I, the only reason why I even bring it up and why it's always such a question is because of the temperature of the water that we can get in in a nursing home, which is generally a lot lower than what everybody says it should be. And it's because, you know, first thing in the morning, it's fine, but you start having showers, the dishwasher, the washing machines. I mean, it's, I don't know, you run
1: out of hot water very quickly. Nursing home, the temperature of water in a nursing home is always a struggle. Always a struggle. you get
0: 100, you're batting 100. And
1: right. it's supposed to be 140. Right. <laughs> so now, it's occasion- Occasionally, people have a boiler next to the laundry. Yeah. And they're taking it off of there mm-hmm. before they temper it down before they go to the rooms. Or they might have a s- separate heater for their laundry, which will help. Because... These commercial laundry machines, the commercial, they're not washing it in 120, And like the, you know.
0: No, they're using their pH appropriately.
1: Correct. And the
0: dryers, like you said, that was a good point. I didn't think of the dryers. Dryers, very,
1: very important.
0: There is a huge misconception about the power of hot water. There's a lot of people who really think that hot water is the be-all end-all. And I had a person argue emphatically that we were not disinfecting the nursing home appropriately on the floor care because we weren't using hot water on the floors. Mm -hmm. And at first I was kind of arguing in the sense that, you know, we would never want to put hot water on a floor because there's what we call wax on the floor. And the last thing we would want to do is soften the wax wax. up because it's just going to take it right off. We don't have the manpower to keep replacing the wax floor. So and, you know, they're like, well, that's not sanitary. I said, then I, and then I started to think about it. And I was like, well, do you know where we can get a mop bucket that has a plug in so we can keep the water hot in the, mop? I've never seen a mop bucket with a heating element. I mean, if right. they have them, you know, are they battery operated or do I have to plug it in in the hall, you know, I mean, the more I thought about it, the more challenging if that were true,
1: holy heck,
0: right. Holy heck.
1: Well, don't most nursing homes
0: use cold water on our quad in the room? A million percent do. I'm just saying I had a yeah. nurse realize that we were using cold water. I, she, Peace and love. I think that she was just looking to deflect, you know, like um, she was having some struggles in her department. And so she's like, well, what about housekeeping? Not that a lot of nurses do that or anybody else, but it happens from time to time. You know, it happens from time to time. Where uh, people try to deflect by pointing at housekeeping. So
1: it happens. I mean, you're jogging my. I'm being polite. I'm being polite. About 10 stories are coming out of my head going, you know, you would get called in, the chemical guy would get called in to talk to the director of nursing because she'd have a question and you'd look at her going, how did you get into this lane? (laughs) I mean, you know, how did you, how did, where did you, you know,
0: You know, I always say, and again, with uh, peace, love, and admiration, I always say I recognize that it's not called a housekeeping home. I want it to be. Right. I know it's called a nursing home. But on the other side of that, let's recognize that you're the nurse. I'm the housekeeper. Housekeeper podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I know what I know. You know what you know. And we're going to try to play it good in the the center there. Sometimes it doesn't work out. This has been a lot of fun. I could talk to you all day. And likewise, I hope you invite me back again. Nope, this is it, one and done. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> how dare you, <laughs> Jerry Bauer? Hey, Jerry, how do people how do people get a hold of you if they wanted to buy some foam chemicals? And uh, by the way, heavy foam doesn't sound like it's a good idea.
1: Go ahead, Jerry. <laughs> not, not, not as heavy as shaving cream. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to give the best way to get a hold of you. Hold yeah, of me, I'm going to give you my phone number. Oh, good. You can call me. You can text me. I like it. Phone number 631-416. Wait a
0: minute. I'm going to put it in the chat here. 631-416. 0621. 06. I put a seven in there for some reason. Niner.
1: 631
0: I am writing a, a little love letter here. Hold for it.
1: call me text me go. i'll send you my email address i'll send you link up with me on linkedin message me through linkedin it's a great network enjoy sharing information i have an opinion about everything
0: <laughs> me too me too housekeepers podcast this has been like i said it's been really fun i really appreciate you coming on and telling your you. story about how you got here it's Really, really impressive. It's a lot of fun and Ecolab. I love Ecolab. I gotta tell you, it. I just, they're just such a great company. They do a really great job. They do, yeah, they a really do. great job. Ecolab's really great, and I love the idea that you got paid in donuts. So, I remember my mom. And I know I'm ending the show. I remember I had a, the I had two newspapers as a kid that I delivered, and one was called the Gazette. I think it was called the Gazette, and I only had one customer who got the Gazette. And so I wasn't very good at selling them, but she always, it was like 25 cents. and I think she just always paid me just to do it. But she was also a very large and heavy woman. And so she was always babysitting for somebody. And so my mom was always, every time I went over to give her the Gazette, my mom was visiting. And my mom was always lecturing her because the person who she was babysitting for would pay her in cookies. And my mom was like, "You, you gotta stop getting paid in cookies. (laughs) There'd be mounds of cookies everywhere. (laughs) She's getting paid in cookies. Oh I love that you got paid in donuts though. It's so great. (laughs) So great. All right. That's it. The Housekeepers Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, as I'm sure you have, please make sure that you are subscribing and sharing and writing a review and telling everyone about it. Make sure you're checking us out on YouTube if you want to see this video and all the videos you can go to YouTube and find us there. Otherwise, this has been super fun for Jerry Bauer. I am Ralph Peterson, if I can get my little mouse moving over here. That's it. That's it, The Housekeeper's Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. Keep in mind, the best way to ensure that you never miss an episode of The Housekeeper's Podcast is by subscribing to the show and following us on social media. For those of you who are more visually stimulated, you can always watch us record the show live each week on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. In fact, we post all of our videos on YouTube, so make sure you are subscribing to our YouTube channel. If you love the show and you want to help us out, please consider writing a review and sharing the show with all your friends and families and colleagues. And if you are looking for more information about today's guest, all of their contact information and the links to their websites are in the show's notes. That's it. Until next time, this has been The Cleanest Hour in Podcasting. I am Ralph Peterson, and I'll see you later.